Hi, this is the Organisational Success Academy from the Oxford Review, bringing you the very latest research in leadership, management, organisational development, design, transformation and change, human resources and human capital, organisational learning, coaching and work psychology from around the world to make you the most up-to-date and knowledgeable person in the room. Okay, hi, and uh, welcome to another podcast. Um, today we've got um, Mariam Gashmak-Hai from uh, De Groot uh, University at McMaster University, so De Groot Business School at McMaster University. Um, and uh, she, together with um, a, a colleague of hers, has uh, authored uh, a very interesting paper about big data um, that's entitled "Can Big Data Improve Firm Decision Quality or uh, Firm Decision Quality: uh, The Role of Data Quality and Data Diagnosticity?" And it's a really interesting. So th- this is in the Journal of Decision Support Systems, and it's a really interesting paper, and we're going to be talking about it today. So, Miriam. Can you just take a couple of minutes to introduce yourselves, give the listeners a little bit of background about your personal journey so far and a flavour of your academic history, kind of how you got here in terms of your research interests? Yes, sure. So first of all, thank you very much for having me today. So uh, as you said, my name is Maya Qasramagai and I'm an assistant professor at the Guthi School of Business at McMaster University in Canada. So uh, I actually joined McMaster in 2016 as a faculty member, but I did my PhD also at McMaster in uh, information systems. So it's usually rare to actually hire internally when you get your PhD in the university. They don't usually hire you to become as a faculty member, but it was a rare choice that because I had some certifications from different universities in the big data and data analytics, and they actually wanted to hire somebody to teach these courses and to do research in this area. So they were actually really, really interested in my CV, and they offered me a position. And also my husband also got a an offer, uh, like it, but he's in electrical engineering, again at McMaster University. So we were both uh, like hired in 2016, and, they, um, and this is why we said, oh, okay, that's good. So their life would be much easier when we both work at the same university. So this is why we decided to actually stay at, in, at McMaster and continue our, you know, academic career here. Uh, but like I didn't do, uh, I, I didn't study information systems for my bachelor and my master degree. I did uh, like I studied uh, industrial management for my bachelor, and then I was interested more in marketing. Then I studied marketing for my master degree, and when I wanted to actually apply for PhD, I was reading a lot of papers, and I, and uh, I found that I'm really really interested on, in understanding the use of the technology by individuals, by the end users. And this is why I just applied for information systems. And in the first few years of my PhD, I was, um, most of my research were uh, like related to human-computer interaction. And for example, I, I had a lot of projects, uh, but I was just designing new uh, like technology for people, for example, for older adults, younger adults, and try to understand uh, like which uh, design is more effective and more useful for a specific type of demographic of the people. Oops, seems to have lost you somewhere. Type of the user. 
in that area. Sure. So while I was working on that area, I wanted to, I always wanted to work in several projects, not only my thesis, but several other projects simultaneously because I always loved to do research. So when I was doing more research, I found that actually there is an interesting area in the, uh, in the area of like big data and data analytics, and we don't have much empirical studies in that area. And I found a lot of articles, and but they were all conceptual articles without any data collection, without having any models, nothing. They were like just some conceptual papers that they were saying that, you know what, big data is really, really important. Everybody, every, all the firms want to actually process big data to improve their firm outcomes. However, when I was reading all of these uh, conceptual papers, I found that most of them said that Firms actually, a lot of them invested in processing big data, but most of them actually failed. They couldn't successfully improve their firm outcomes by utilizing big data and data analytics. So this is what I became more and more interested and started to have several projects even when I was a PhD student. And I haven't started my uh, academic career as a faculty member. So this is why I have started in this area a few years ago. And uh, by now I could I focus on different different areas because I always wanted to understand what are some of the most successful factors that actually help firms to enable them to improve their firm outcomes when they are implementing and processing big data. So this is when I started to actually focus on these type of projects. Ah, right. Okay. So, so what, what kinds of things are organizations using big data for to make decisions about? So, you know, well, like right now they are using, for example, and when I'm, so let me first introduce, when I define big data, actually, when I'm talking yeah. about big data, I mean that, so there are three main characteristics that define big data. So when we talk about big data, it's volume, velocity, and variety. However, these are the main three big data characteristics. So when I'm talking about volume, it's the size of the data. When we talk about variety, it's the types of the data that organizations are processing. So like several years ago, organizations were mostly focused on uh, processing structured data, like numbers, for example, because we didn't have advanced technologies, right? But nowadays, organizations are trying to also process unstructured data. For example, customers put a lot of comments in social media. Like, for example, they put the comments in Twitter, in Facebook, everywhere, right? They just put comments. So if, like, if there's a company and they, have, um, they are having specific product, they just want to understand about what is the attitude of people about their product. Satisfied, maybe it's negative, maybe it's positive, maybe it's neutral. But by analyzing all these data that, that they could get from different sources, they would actually understand how they could improve their performance, for example, yeah. how they could become more agile, how they could improve their decision making. So, for example, if they want to have a new product in a company, how they can process big data by processing large size of data, different types of data, and we said that the third way is velocity, which is about the speed of processing the data. So how quickly, because they need to be so quick, right, in analyzing the data and making a decision. If not, their competitors would do that. 
But this is why they are trying to use some advanced technologies to process uh, like big data. And recently I found out there are in one article that there's actually people always come up with different Vs for big data and adding more characteristics. <laughs> so I heard that there are they are identifying 42 Vs right now, but actually the three ones have <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine that. So three reasons one velocity and variety is the most important one that they are trying to process the data. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So what you're saying is that um, data diagnosticity should be based on these three characteristics mm -hmm. volume, variety and velocity of data. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so organizations are processing big data to enhance their decision making and Data diagnosticity, which is uh, with the meaning of data diagnosticity, is that try to deeply understand what's going on in the data because firms are having huge amounts of data that they can just get it from everywhere, right? But they just need to get insights to understand, for example, what's going, what has happened in the past, what's going on right now, and what they can do in the future. And this is why, like, big data could help them, but. As I mentioned in this video, one of the most important variables that they need to consider is the quality of the data. Yes. Yes. Um, you, 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 you mentioned, just before we get on to the, the quality of the thing, you, you yeah, mentioned yeah. in the paper about um, confidence in the data. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you mm -hmm. just want to exp explain what you mean by that and why confidence is important? Confidence is really, really important because, you know, and one of the most important things that leads to have confidence in the data and in the results that you get is that they have confidence of the results that they get from processing big data, they wouldn't actually be able to improve their decision-making decision quality. So this is why they're saying that there are different variables that lead to increase the confidence of the organizations in the data in, and the results that they got from the data in order to be able to enhance their outcomes. Okay. And, okay. and so, so one of the findings seems to be that actually the level of confidence that people within the organization has about the data affects their decision-making capability using the mm -hmm. big data. there are several interesting results but one of them is is that big data doesn't impact equally on different categories of the data quality and then i I'm, i can just also go through the hmm. types of the data quality that we have and then it would impact on the data diagnosticity and then also different categories of the data quality can also differently impact on data diagnosticity so, um, yep. do you want me to go to yes, please. more data? Okay. That'd be useful. So, in one of it, I have done a lot of uh, research in the area of data analytics, big data, and its impact on firm outcomes. And I was able, like, I published a lot, uh, several of them, and uh, there are a lot of papers that right now are under review. One of the papers that I published in uh, JSTS in 2017, which is one of the top tier journals in information systems, is that I try to and define um, data um, data analytics capability and uh, and competency and one of the so I that one is based on different variables that enhance decision making quality in the firms. 
One of the important variables that I found that it enhance and form data analytics competency in the organizations is data quality. And also, I work on a paper that was a literature review paper. I analyzed more than 500 papers that focus on information quality to understand what is information quality, what is data quality. When we talked about data quality, what does that even mean? And I thought that there are, uh, like based on all these papers that I have read, I found that there is a very, very popular framework that is developed in 1996 by Ryan and Strong that they categorize data quality into four categories. That one of them is intrinsic data quality, the other one is contextual data quality, the third one is representational data quality, and the fourth one is accessibility data quality. So I went on, or went, uh, I was thinking that, okay, that's a really interesting question to see that data quality has a, has a, has a role uh, when firm want to enhance their decision-making quality based on processing big data. I was thinking that, okay, maybe just considering and measuring data quality as one variable is not enough. So this is why I was trying to find a really, really uh, good framework and uh, a popular framework that could actually cover this concept. So intrinsic data quality is when we talk about actually the real value of the data. Contextual data quality is mostly to say that if the data is actually um, makes sense in the context that we want to use. Representational data quality is that when we have a data and then we want to analyze and when we are looking at the results, it should be actually easy to understand. If we just have a lot of data and that we don't even understand what's going on in the data, that, that, could, that wouldn't help. So that is also one uh, category of data quality. Um, of data quality. Accessibility data quality is that when we want to have access to data, is it easy to have access to that, or maybe it's not easy to have access to that? So this is why I wanted to understand when firms are processing big data, how that big data that we said that it forms by data value, data variety, data volume, data variety, and data velocity, how it would impact on data quality categories because maybe it doesn't impact equality, and how data quality impacts on data diagnosticity, which would generate insight and which would enhance the quality of, our, of the firm's decision. And uh, so I found really, really interesting results. Actually, some of them were so surprising for me. So do you want me to talk yes, about Yes, please. That would be excellent. Excellent. So uh, I, uh, actually, I was expecting that uh, so there are the opposite arguments and discussions in the paper about the impact of big data and data quality because when I was uh, going through different papers, there are some papers that said, oh, you know what, when firms are processing big data, it could decrease the quality of the data. And this is why a lot of firms are scared because they would say that, okay, when, when we get data from everywhere, so it would reduce the quality of the data and we cannot enhance the, the quality of our decisions. So, um, so this is why I try to have different arguments in the paper that how actually big data could impact on different categories. It's not only one category. And the interesting finding that 
I found based on the results that I got is that uh, actually the results is based on the 130 participants that I had. And based on the results that I got from these 130 participants, I found that big data actually reduces intrinsic data quality. However, it enhances and have a positive impact on the other type of the data quality categories. And it was something so surprising for me because I thought that actually big data could equally or could and positively impact on all or mm. maybe negatively impact on all. But I found that other than firms are processing big data, it reduces the intrinsic data quality, which is the real value or the accuracy of the data. I was trying to find a justification for that, but I was thinking that maybe the reason could be that firms are trying to get data from everywhere, right? So for, for example, from social media, from blogs, so everywhere they could, because now they are using advanced technologies. For example, a lot of firms are have started to use Hadoop clusters, uh, like Google, like Facebook. So, so they are now able to store more data and process more data, but they're getting that from everywhere. So this is why maybe and when we get, so it's gonna be like garbage, we don't wanna have garbage in garbage out, right? Yes. <laughs> so we get data from everywhere. So maybe this is why it has a negative impact on intrinsic data quality. But for the other category, so for contextual, or for example, for representational, nowadays organizations are using a lot of, for example, representational, they're using, are using advanced technologies for visualization, for example. And then they could, when they have more data, they could just have very nice graphs and fill, you know, and bar charts and nicely see what's going on in the data. So it helps actually when they process big data, they could nicely see like through the graphs and bar charts that what's going on in the data. And accessibility, of course, so they have more accessibility to the to data. The other interesting result that I found was that the impact of the direct impact of big data and decision making quality was not significant. So, uh, so this shows that, and this means that firms need to make sure that they have high quality data, which enhance the insight they could generate in order and to be able to enhance their decision making quality. If not, they may not be able to do that. And I think this is why the failure rate of processing big data is really high because, you know, it's a hot topic. So I was talking to a lot of companies here in Canada, in Ontario and Canada, and they were saying, oh, yeah, it's a, big, it's a hot topic, it's a hot, everybody wants to have to process big data, everybody, everybody wants to have advanced technologies to try to just get all this data from different sources and just to analyze that. But They do not, okay, yeah, video is really good, but if they do not spend a lot of time on the quality of the, to enhance mm. the quality of the data, they may not actually be able to improve their outcomes. And here in this paper, I specifically focus on decision-making quality. Yeah. And so this is, yeah, and, and uh, one more interesting result was that for data diagnosticity, all the data quality categories, like the intrinsic category, contextual, and representational, uh, positively impacted on in increasing the insight we 
uh, we obtained from processing big data. However, accessibility didn't impact, and maybe it's because like um, nowadays organizations can easily get the data from everywhere, right? So it wasn't significantly impact, but it also shows that the quality of the data enables firms to actually increase the insight that they generate from the data they have. Yes. Do you, do you get the sense that um, people within organizations when they're using big data kind of have a, have a good understanding about the types of data that they're using? Yes, so sorry, exactly. That's a really, really good question. Sometimes they do not make that sense. They do not even understand the data. They just want to get the data yes. from everywhere that is possible. Yes. It, sometimes it's not a real, even a relevant data, you know, so you could have a huge amount of data, but you know, it, it's not even relevant to what you want to do. So what's the point of getting that? What's the point of having spending a lot of money on that and not being able to enhance the outcomes. So, so yeah, they call and like interesting. Like interestingly, uh, when I was I talked to a lot of data analysts, and they said that in order to increase the insight that they are ger generating from data, they need to spend about eighty-eight or eight and eighty-five percent of their time to just clean the data. So this is a really, really important step that a lot of times companies just ignore or overlook that, and they they just want to get the results. So, but if you if, again, if you don't clean that, if you don't if you have low quality data, so you can't get the output that you were expecting. Yeah, it sounds like this is a call for organisations to really be to learn how to diagnose the types of data that they've got and understand the quality of the data and what it can actually be used for. Exactly. Before rushing exactly. off and using some of these tools. Exactly, exactly. And this is why hiring, like the, I know in Ontario, a lot of companies are have problems in actually hiring people that, who knows like, very well about processing, because who have that technical knowledge. And not only the technical knowledge, but also from both. To analyze and process the data, have those skills, not only technical, but also understand what's going on in the data. Yes, yeah. And, and yeah. W when you were doing the study, did you find many organizations that actually had that capability? Yes, so there were, there were actually some companies that have that capability, but still those companies that do not consider the quality of the data is more than the ones that actually consider the quality of the data perfectly. So this is why maybe again like that 27% of the firms that could not successfully enhance their outcomes uh. is one of the reasons could be because of the data quality. Still there are more firms that actually fail when they process the big data. Yeah, yeah because the success rate is really, really low in this area. Yeah, that's yeah, really useful. Yes, and and if, if if there was one thing that organizations and, and consultants could take away from this study, what would it be from your position? So, okay, so I think that organizations need to, they should not rush when they want to analyze the data. They need to make sure that they have the in data in every processes before they make the conclusion and 
they also need to make sure that they hire some employees that they have that knowledge or maybe they can just train them maybe they just don't want to hire new employees they can just train them and there are they can use different methods to just increase the quality of the data and they can also provide some new policies in the firm that all the employees would be able to to make sure that they all are cleaning the data make sure the quality of the data is high before they start or continue to make the conclusion because the conclusion would be wrong. Again, it's going to be garbage in, garbage out. Without having high quality, you wouldn't get the results that uh, like they are expecting. Yeah, and in fact, you know, using big data is like any research, really. You've got to make yeah. sure that you've got quality data in order to get a quality outcome, whatever exactly. that outcome, and, and understand exactly. what's really going on and understand the patterns that are going on. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe if they actually saw the use of big data as a research project mm -hmm. that requires good evidence, then things may start to improve. Exactly. Like, big data is like all other data, but with these new characteristics that we were talking about, like the volume, uh, variety, and velocity of the data, because velocity is one of the most important characteristics that organizations want to, when they get the data, just... the results i understand that they should make the decisions quickly if not the competitors would do yes. that but without having high quality you know so this is the huge difference from big data and any other data because of the the characteristics that it had so yeah. it because of those three main characteristics but yeah they need to make sure that they uh, and uh, like yeah they need to make sure that how like big data impact differently on different types of the data and having different strategy for that. Yes, it's almost their, their need, need for speed is undermining their interest in the quality of the data that's going in. Yeah, yes, that's, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's really useful, Miriam. I really appreciate that. Okay, so what, what, what are you working on at the moment? I'm working at a lot of other projects in the area of, again, big data, data analytics, and I'm working on both uh, the bright and dark side of the big data because, you know, everybody is saying that big data is really good, let's have it to improve our outcomes, but in my new projects, I'm actually saying that big data is not always good, and it also has some negative impacts on the firm outcomes. So, for example, in a um, recent projects that I'm working with one of my colleagues, uh, he's in um, in the California State University, Florida, in the, in the U.S., and we are working on the dark side, and we are, we are thinking that, um, like, big data, so it's, it's still in the initial stage that big data may actually enhance knowledge hiding in the organizations, because when people are processing huge amount of data, you know, they can... They, they do not even have time to share the knowledge with everybody else in the organization. So that it also actually may enhance the work stress in the, mm -hmm. among the employees. They would have more stress when they know that they need to process huge amount of data very quickly in real time and also processing different types of data. And also, I'm trying to understand the role of autonomy in the organizations, how mm -hmm. it, it will be impacted by big data. So is it... And, so most in most of my projects, I'm focusing on the negative side of the how how big data would negatively impact on the firm. Of, 
funds. But still, there are some other projects that, so I'm focusing on both sides of that. So say that, you know, it's not always good. There are some bad impacts, but you know what? It's not always bad or it's not always good. <laughs> yes, and, and understanding what it is that turns um, projects like big data projects into something that's useful or something that's actually negative is going to be very, very useful. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because, yeah, again, everybody just wants to have it because it's a hot topic, but yeah. it's not always a good thing. <laughs> yes. That's that's really useful, Miriam. I really appreciate that. Well, so so what's the best way for people to be able to follow you in your work? So uh, for my work, like, um, um, I always have all uh, like uh, uh, the group's website in my McMaster profile and also uh, they can contact me through my email so my email address every uh, my uh, is there in my McMaster uh, profile and also through LinkedIn is also a good way to be contacted but the list of the, my, my publications is at the Good School of Business uh, like Brilliant. Okay. Well, I'll I'll put a link in the um, the show notes to to your page yeah. at Degroot. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much, David. It's it's been an absolute pleasure, Miriam. I've really I've really enjoyed the paper, and I've really enjoyed talking to you as well. Thank you very much. I also enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much. You take care, and thank you very much. Yes, thank you for bye-bye. listening to the Oxford Review podcast. For free research briefings, audio and video research briefings research infographics and a whole lot more, visit oxford-review.com. That's oxford-review.com. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It would mean a lot to us to have your feedback so that we can make this podcast even better for you. Mm